Welcome to Podcast Hackers, the show for podcasters by podcasters. Here, each episode, you'll hear from the best and brightest podcasters and learn how they're growing their audience, monetizing their shows, and making an impact through podcasting. And now, your host, Craig Hewitt. All right, welcome back to another episode of Podcast Hackers. This week, we're joined by someone who I've known for a couple of years and is a full-time podcaster. I think this is kind of the the goal or the the ambition of a lot of people who are starting new shows is say like, oh, I just want to be a podcaster and get on the microphone and talk for an hour every week, make a bunch of money and kind of live the dream. And so Nathan Wrigley from the WP Builds show is our guest this week. Nathan, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Doing good. So kind of as I alluded to, you know, you are the the host of the WP Builds podcast. I guess you have a couple of shows now, right? In yeah. kind of under that brand. Yeah. So we do um I mean the first thing I should say was we're kind of related to WordPress, that's our niche. And yeah, we 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 do a podcast which we've tried to put out week in week out every week on a Thursday and then we also do like a a summation of the the WordPress news. Quite a lot goes on in the WordPress ecosphere. And so we try to sum it up once a week as well. Cool. And I know that this started out as kind of a side project for you and has now turned into like a full-time gig. Is that right? Yeah, there was literally no intention for this to become what it did. I've been building websites with all sorts of different CMSs, but finally settled on WordPress, I don't know, maybe six years ago now, something like that, and quickly got into the the kind of the community. When I say I got into it, that was on an online kind of getting into it. I wasn't attending events or anything, but just just hanging out and was lucky enough to hang out in a particular Facebook group for a plugin that I was using a lot at the time called Beaver Builder, which is a page builder for WordPress. And and in there came across a chap called David Wormsley, who is the co-host of the podcast with me. And we struck up a conversation. He was making some YouTube videos. And so he said, do you want to come and make a YouTube video about something that I'd been working on? So I did that and we struck up a friendship. And then I suppose in the same way that it always seems to happen to everybody these days, at some point you say to yourself, okay, I think it's time that I uh, I made a podcast. And so I said to David, do you want to do a podcast? And I think he was a little bit kind of suspicious. We didn't know each other that well. And the idea of committing lots of time was difficult. So we decided we'd go for a couple of weeks, three, four, five weeks, see what happened. Mm -hmm. And I haven't stopped. (laughs) And so how many episodes ago was that? Okay, so we're now, I'm just about to put out episode 154. So that takes us to basically three years. I've been doing this now for more or less three years. And and it was just a podcast on a Thursday to begin with. And then as the, the opportunities presented themselves more and more, just because I think I was just sticking with it, obstinately sticking with it, I decided that I could kind of pivot and create the additional show and the news and and all sorts of other little things around what we were doing. So Facebook groups and YouTube channels and all that kind of stuff as well. Gotcha. Yeah, so I've been on the podcast a couple of times, I think, and it really mm. is kind of a stalwart in the in the the WordPress news and, and updates, technology, plugins and themes space. But we would really love to to talk about making a, a full-time living as a podcaster. And so does David also just work on the podcast or does he have other stuff he's involved in? No, David David helps me contribute to the weekly podcast episode. And, and actually, we, we sort of had a bit of toing and froing about this. At the beginning, we both just said, let's see what happens. So that's what we did. And then after a period of time, David said, kind of, I, I think it'd be good if you sort of took it on more mm. than me and I'll, I'll come on. And we experimented with the format of the show such that David could be on on certain 
weeks and not on on other weeks. And we probably flip-flopped through three or four different iterations of how the show would look, how frequently David would be on, until eventually we've settled on what seems to be a really nice nice balance. He comes on once a fortnight, which in, I guess, North American language is once every couple of weeks, two weeks. So I rotate, I do an interview with a WordPress guest on one week, and then the following week I speak with David. So he's he's heavily involved, but he, he's not quite as involved as I am. Gotcha, gotcha. And so how did the evolution go from, you know, hey, you and David, hey, let's do a podcast for a couple weeks. It's more popular, you keep going with it. And then at some point you kind of come to this realization like, well, I either am making enough money on this for it to be like my full-time job, or I could make enough money on this for it to be like my full-time job and replace my consulting income or whatever it is. What, what was that kind of journey and decision like? Yeah, so there there absolutely was no, there was no intention for it to become anything other than a hobby. To begin with, I simply wanted to to speak with David each week, and that was that was the only goal. And then as we got to, as, as we approached, let, I'm going to say six months, that's probably not correct, but something ar- around that time, I discovered that it was a little bit easier to get guests on than it was prior to that. So you can imagine if if somebody out of the blue sends you an email and you've never heard of them before, the I guess the, the most likely outcome to that cold email is that it's going to hit the, the recycle bin. And that was my experience to some extent. But then as I had put out more shows and we got to kind of episode 30 and 40 and 50, it became a little bit more straightforward. You know, you could you could email people and there, there was there was a chance, not a good chance, but a chance that they'd heard of you before. And also into that email, you could drop, I don't know, a podcast episode perhaps that they, they might have an interest in or somebody that they knew or something like that. And so that's kind of how it developed. Maybe kind of like a year in, I started to just have the kernel of an idea that I could go down the sponsorship route. If you're in the WordPress ecosystem, you'll you'll know that there's there's a very healthy and thriving plugin architecture for WordPress. And many, many plugins and themes are available for free, but also many plugins and themes have like a premium tier. In other words, you, you pay for additional options or you might just pay for it outright. There might not be a free option to it. And so there is there is money floating around in the WordPress uh, e- ecosystem. And obviously my podcast being about just WordPress the the kind of relationship between podcast and advertiser was pretty clear. What I mean by that is, you know, I guess in this day and age, putting adverts on television, domestic cable television, you're just spraying money at a wall and hoping that some of it sticks because it's so poorly refined. Your audience could be absolutely anybody. Whereas I think that's one of the things about podcasting. You know, if, if you niche down enough, then you can make a direct relationship between advertising and sponsorship. And so that's what I did. I made endeavors to just reach out and tentatively ask people if they'd be interested in sponsoring the podcast. But I got to episode 100, I think it was, before I put my first ad- advertising on. So I did two years with, I think, zero advertising. I could be wrong. I might have snuck one or two in, but I think it was nothing. And that that was that was the goal I'd set myself, it turns out. I have a memory of saying, I'm going to do this for two years, come what may. Mm-hmm. And no matter what happens, 
I'll just keep trucking for two years. And then when two years came along, there was enough interest that the sponsors were happy at that point. And, and I think there's a lot of parallels between the the WordPress world and like you mentioned, plugins and themes and services that go kind of around WordPress to your sponsors with other industries that other folks would have podcasts in. So I mean, I think most things that you would podcast about have some kind of business behind them or organizations that would be interested in sharing their brand with the people that listen to your podcast. And like you're saying, that really tight alignment of the content of your show and the people that listen to it and the third arm or the third kind of leg of that stool is the the message that comes from the sponsor through your show to the people that listen to it that they would be interested in. Like all three of those things have to be aligned for a sponsor relationship to be good, right? That's right. And I think that the by pure coincidence, I managed to to release a podcast where A, there was there's a commercial angle, you know, it what it would be possible in the future for me to 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 gain sponsors. But I didn't design it that way. I, I really didn't set out to to make it happen that way. But I think that's the beauty of podcasting. You know, you really can niche down. I suppose the dilemma that you may face, let's say, for example, your intention is very much to set up a podcast and you absolutely wish it to be a revenue stream. That That is the intention, which, as I say, it wasn't for me. I think you, you would need to think fairly carefully about how you go about doing that. And I suppose also building up some kind of trust is important. And if from day one, you've just sort of, you know, overdoing it with the adverts or the content that you're providing doesn't match up to the expectations of the audience, then that's, you're going to find that a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I think that the two years that you went through of, uh, you know, creating good content, building up your audience and, and kind of the reputation of the show within the, the space you operate in was what enabled you to be successful later on. And I think that that time, like doing doing the reps, as they say, like putting having the yep. patience to do the work before you get rewarded for it in whatever form that, that takes is something that a lot of folks, I think, starting out might want to skip. Yeah. Naturally, yeah. you know, but I think it's really important. Well, my guess would be that there'll be, I'm going to say niches, uh, for want of a better word. I think you say niche in, uh, in different parts of the world, but I say niche. I guess that if you you may hit a rich vein, if you like, and if your intention is to to monetize your podcast and you you happen to strike lucky and find a niche that that perfectly aligns and matches that, then that's great. But for me, I, d- I don't believe that that could have happened. I don't think I could have launched a, a podcast in the WordPress space and um, and immediately done that. I think it was important to spend some time, get an audience, think about just just giving content out really and doing a whole load of other things that that meant that I, I guess trust is an important thing i really like to feel that i'm um, trusting people that i'm listening to to podcast episodes of i think that's an important part of it and so i i endeavored to do that and like i said just just two years just putting out episodes week after week and so now a full year after starting to to kind of take your first sponsor and have advertisements in your show what has been the the biggest surprise of being a, a kind of full-time podcaster and living the dream of of kind of making money by just talking <laughs> for a living? Do you know, I think it is that. I think it's literally what you've just said. It's the it's the notion that well, so as an example, I am currently sitting in my house. I have an office kind of room upstairs. I, it, it could have been a bedroom, but it's been converted into into my office. And and it's that, you know, I welcome the fact that I can sort of roll out of bed, if you like, and do my day's work. I am very much able to 
kind of judge how many hours I need to do. I could do an hour now and then go off and do something else for a little while and then come back in the evening. And when I have a family, so quite often find myself when they've all kind of put the kids to bed and what have you, do a couple of hours then. So I, I like that flexibility. And I think that's that's one of the, the major benefits, I think. From a perspective of working with sponsors and kind of that relationship, I know we have sponsored a couple of podcasts in the past and the process was really manual all throughout. It was, they reach out to me because I met them at a conference and, hey, do you want to sponsor my podcast? Sure. And okay, here's the invoice and you have to pay it. And then how do we record all this? Like all this process was really manual. Is it that way for you or have you got some kind of system or technology that you're using to, to manage those ads? No, it's completely manual. The whole thing is absolutely manual. In fact, the whole process is manual. I basically do everything. I record everything. I edit everything. I get rid of the ums and the ahs and all of that manually. I have obviously built the site myself manually. I installed your Castos plugin manually, configured all that. And every time I reach out to a guest, it's all manual. The whole thing is done. So I, I will send out a series of emails and I'll handwrite them one at a time. I've got no templates for anything whatsoever. And write the email, then send them to a booking form, follow that up manually, make sure it's it's all done correctly. And and sit here and press record myself. And yeah, it's entirely manual. It, that side of it is a, is a little bit dull, shall we say. Okay. You know, there's no way of getting around it. You know, if, you, if you've got something that you have to repeat over and over again, it is a little bit uninteresting. But, you know, I can't grumble. I take the rough with the smooth. Yeah, so I do all of that manually. Is that by design? I get from I get from your voice a little bit that like you enjoy the really authentic aspect of, you know, hand reaching out to every person with a unique message and all this kind of stuff. But I also kind of get a little bit of like, it would be nice if some of this was easier and, and you didn't have to, to be in the weeds with some of it, right? Yeah, yeah, that that that's very true. I um I do like just just as a slight aside, I received at the minute we I don't know when this is going to be put live, but in the minute we're um, in the run up to Black Friday, and um, one of the things that we do on the the podcast website is to to show a page of Black Friday deals because that's you know it's a nice way of helping people to sort of locate them all on one page, and so I kind of I put up a form. And I received an email from one of the plugin developers who'd clearly seen that form, but rather than fill out the form in its fields, he he took the time to write me an email with the exact same fields handwritten out. And then he added some additional information at the bottom. And it completely stood out. Mm. It, 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 there was chalk and cheese. So there were I've I've received about 16 of those, those emails just this morning. Um, and they're all the same because they come from my contact form. But this one... It was exactly the same information with a little bit peppered in at the end, but it stood out because it was somebody that had taken the time. And I think that's really important. If you're going to have a guest on, then make the effort to communicate with them, write the email, follow up with an email. Now, I'm not saying I don't mess this up from time to time. There's been occasions where I've literally failed to be sitting in my chair at the the time that I should have been <laughs> because I've, I've failed to put something in the calendar. I've done, done that once or twice and apologized profusely. But why not? Why not do that? If, if there's time in your life, and there is time in my life to do that, and I know for a fact that I appreciate it, well, I'm kind of assuming that other people will appreciate that in reverse. Specifically, kind of monetizing the podcast, is sponsorships the only way that you guys have revenue for your show? 
So there, it is the primary way. It, it's the most easy to to judge way, and it's the most it's the, it's the easiest way to kind of repeat things. So advertising, and again, reaching out to advertisers kind of one at a time, and then hopefully building up relationships whereby they they feel that they're getting good value and come back. The other way that that it is possible in the WordPress space is with things called affiliate links. Now. Affiliate links are a bit of a grey area. Some people think that they are perfectly all right. Other people think that they're, you know, they're to be avoided at all costs. But essentially, what it is, if you don't know about affiliate links, certain products and services may set up a system whereby, if you get people to come to the the product website and they buy it, you receive a proportion of the the income from that sale. So that might be ten, twenty, thirty percent, whatever it may be. And there's a very there's a very difficult line to tread here. And what I mean by that is you could quite easily become an absolute, you know, it, it would be possible to go down the route of affiliating yourself with everything and the authenticity on anything drops. And so, you know, you just it feels to everybody like you're only pushing affiliate links to make money. I try not to do that. I try to make sure that the content is absolutely related to what we're what we're talking about. And any any affiliate link that I do use is completely within the realm of what I would have put out anyway. So yeah, that that is another way of doing it and certainly with with WordPress websites and the tech savvy people that that operate this most of the product owners have got affiliate systems already in place but it, it you know if you were I don't know doing an automobile podcast or something like that that might be much more difficult to to find. Mm. I know that one of the the popular things with affiliates, the more authentic ones like you're talking about is is to only or primarily promote or have affiliate programs or be involved in affiliate programs, I should say, for tools that you know and use yourself. And I think yeah. that really helps with the authenticity and allows you to kind of retain that trust with your audience to say like, "Hey, I use seriously simple podcasting and cast us for my podcast. It's great. It's never failed me, you know, blah blah blah." That's easy for you to say and be, and kind of pass that red face test with your audience, right? Yeah. Another way that I have kind of reconciled myself to this a little bit is the fact that in, in I do webinars as well. So I'll actually have people on the podcast. Uh, you have been on the podcast uh, on a webinar. And so that, that kind of feels to me like a, a good place to use it because I am clearly – putting some time into it i may not be a user of every single thing but i'm i'm being with the person i'm actually spending time with them online live in front of an audience making sure that everything works for them they get their chance to show how their product works and so i i think that's a, a, an appropriate use of it as well but we do say you know and if you click on this link i will be receiving some affiliate commission and and you know, I think that's a perfectly legitimate use of of affiliate links. It's a grey area, though. Some people think that they are, by definition, going to skew your opinion of things, and they're going to force people to become disingenuous. I don't share that view, although I clearly have seen examples where that was the case. But I try not to do that. Yeah, it is very interesting. So from being on the other side of the affiliate relationship, so we have an affiliate program at Castos. I definitely know that there are a lot of people that write blog posts just to enter affiliate links. And yeah. the things they include in the affiliate links or in the, in the article as far as affiliate products are kind of triage or ranked based on kind of the quality of the affiliate program. So it has nothing to do with how good a product actually is. It's just how much money they make from it. 
Right. And I think those are the people you don't want to be. <laughs> no, I, well, I mean, you can, you can be that. And I'm sure that that is a, I'm sure that given the right temperament and the right persona and the right attitude, I, I, I don't know whether the word right or wrong should have been inserted there, but you could do that. And I'm sure it would work, but it, that just doesn't fit very well with yeah. me. But, but as I said, you know, the articles that I would have the castos, so for example, your affiliate scheme, I would have done something with you, about you, something that, that felt authentic. And so I, I, I feel that's okay. What has been that you, you talked about like the, the flexibility of, of kind of working from home and spending time with your family whenever you want. What has been kind of the best part of being a full-time podcaster that you didn't expect? Oh, that's interesting. I think when I was just building WordPress websites, I very much kind of locked myself into the into the room between certain hours of the day. And ever since I've had this last year, I've, I've been much more flexible with my, my approach to, to the clock. So, you know, I find I live fairly near the coast. I live in the north of England, so it's not particularly a warm beach, but there is a beach and it's rather nice. And so I found myself kind of getting a bit bored with what I'm doing. And so, okay, let's go have half an hour at the beach. That, that has been a really a welcome change. I, I haven't needed to be here at the same time as clients because I don't really have any clients in that sense. And so I can just wander off when I like and come back when I like, so long as each week on a Thursday, one o'clock, the episode is ready, scheduled, queued to go. I've, I've filled my obligations. Yeah, I can definitely relate to the a little bit asynchronous work. I mean, we do have clients and customers and team, you know, we're a team of six people. And so there's there's that kind of time pressure for me. But I do also work kind of, you know, I live in Europe, so part-time kind of here, part-time hours here, and then part-time hours for like the US. So I end up kind of splitting my day a lot, which is really nice. So I work a few mm-hmm. hours in the morning and then go do stuff, you know, end of the day when my kids come home, go spend time with them. And then the evenings work, work some more. And it's, you know, sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. The flexibility is nice. Right. Yeah. You've said it, you've said it better than I could have done that. That was exactly it. The ability to, yeah. Cause I have to communicate quite a lot with people in North America. A, lot, a, a very significant amount of the WordPress community is in the Americas. And so I have to make myself available. So sometimes after we've had our evening meal, I will, you know, get, get everybody settled, get it, get it all sorted. And then, then go off and record a podcast episode with somebody in, I don't know, California or something like that. And that's, that's just lovely. I just love that, that freedom. Mm. Of course, it, it brings with it the opposite. You know, some people would hate that freedom. They, they want the, the definition of their day to be, you know, get to work at, six o'clock sorry nine o'clock in the morning finish at six in the evening or whatever it might be and have that kind of moment of okay i'm done that's it until six, at nine o'clock tomorrow morning i'm uh everything's everything's off right <laughs> can be forgotten about and what have you yeah it's horses for courses as we say yeah so for a lot of folks you're you're living the dream right you you make money as a podcaster you've arrived if you will but but what is what is like the next phase or step look like for you with the show I mean the next year or two I'm sure will change just like the last couple of years what what do you think that looks like Yeah one of the things that I've noticed is I I like to play with kind of like different formats so an example would be that I don't know, two years ago, we just had the podcast and it was, it sounded like a particular way. And if you listen to it, each episode started in this way, the middle sounded like this and the end sounded 
like this. And David and I played with that and we chopped and changed it a bit and we added different sections in at the beginning, different sections at the end. And and then in the end, we, we've got the format that we, we liked. And once that was established, I kind of looked around thinking, okay, now what, now what can I do? And so concentrated on doing different formats. So put this news episode out where I summed up the WordPress news on a Monday morning. It comes out. So if you've had your weekend and you just want to catch up on all of the WordPress news, you can just listen to that. It takes about 20 to 30 minutes on the way to work. And then from that was spawned this live thing that I now do each week, 2 p.m. UK time. We have live guests on. And I feel I feel that would be a nice thing to do more more live things, more kind of like Facebook lives and YouTube lives, which you can then, of course, put into your own website and have it as content over there. Yeah, I think that might be the way it goes. It just, I just like the interaction with other colleagues and the the fact that you can get commentary back because it is quite an it is quite an isolating thing doing a podcast. I mean, I know that you speak to another person, but largely you speak to them for one hour and then you hang up the phone. And you, you might not speak to them again for, well, perhaps mm-hmm. ever or maybe for a year or something like that. Whereas the live episodes, there's me and three other guests and many of them come back on each, you know, every couple of weeks they book themselves in again. And that's really nice because it, it establishes kind of real world friendships. And also I'd like to attend more events and do more live interviews at those events. So you'll know because well, you were there, Craig. I did quite a lot of interviews for a WordPress charity called WP and Op whilst we were in WordCamp Europe just a few months ago. And that was really nice because you got to actually meet people in person face-to-face as opposed to staring at a screen full of questions. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, uh, live events just in general and then kind of podcasting at live events is really great. I, I encourage everyone to try to go as, to as many live events as you can, especially like Nathan mentioned, if you're if you're living in this kind of remote world where you, you know, you're a podcaster or you're a software developer or you're a marketing person or whatever and you have a team that's all over the world, I think getting an opportunity to go to even just meetups. It doesn't have to be a big fancy yeah. meeting, but just, you know, go to a coffee shop with with a bunch of people, you know, once a month or something like that is really helpful to keep your sanity. Yeah, it was it, it was interesting because I basically spent two years not doing live events and everything was recorded. I, I found myself being fairly obsessive about the background noise. It, it bothered me. And then after putting a few of the the episodes that I recorded live out and apologizing in the the preamble that I tag on to the beginning of each episode, I, I say something about what's coming up and what have you. I apologizing for the the noise, and then it kind of occurred to me that nobody, nobody cares, cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's bothered. You know, it's it's fine. We were in a cafe. That's what a cafe sounds like. Or we were in this case, we were in a corridor of a conference center. That's just what it sounds like. I kind of learned a lesson there about not not obsessing quite so much about the audio. I want to kind of last thing touch back on something you mentioned about changing up the format of your podcast a little bit. I think this is something that. A lot of people think about but might be scared to do because they're afraid they're going to, you know, upset their existing listeners or alienate certain people that are, you know, have an affinity for how the show was, if you will. Can you talk kind of talk through your thought process as you were approaching that that decision point and and the, you know, when you wanted to experiment with doing different things with the show, kind of what 
what you thought about and, and kind of how you went about that? Yeah, the largely the the initial changes were born out of the fact that my co-host David, who at the time was doing every single episode with me, he is a what you might call a digital nomad. So he builds websites, but he has no fixed abode. He he spends some time in India. He spends some time in Thailand and Vietnam and the UK and Europe, and so he's all over the place. And so. The, the problems of the show were largely created by the our inability to timetable things in a way which was predictable. And at that time, I was still doing client work and what have you, and, and that, that was becoming difficult. So we decided we would kind of batch record them and do absolutely loads all in one go. So that enabled me to to have like a, a whole tranche of things and kind of experiment. But it was it was also just about okay, we've got this podcast, we've had some feedback about it, and I actually explicitly asked the audience kind of to let me know if they thought that there were aspects of it that were too long, you know, was it uninteresting? Was Because it was about an hour, the podcast at the time, and um, it was split up into, let's say, three different sections, and it was really just based upon the audience feedback that we we decided to change the way that it sounded. I'm quite happy with the way it is now, but I'm not wedded to it. I don't think there's anything that you need to worry about because one of the things I've also noticed, and maybe maybe I don't know how this is going to work for most podcasters, but my podcast is very much allied to a Facebook group I have. So I have a WP Builds Facebook group, and the, I would say a significant proportion of the audience are in that Facebook group, which enables me to actually communicate with them so I can ask them these questions. But perhaps if you didn't have that, it's going to be difficult to solicit that feedback. But the reason I mention that is because I've kind of noticed that your audience is not the same audience that it was a year ago. Mm. Some people pop up, are very, very committed. They're clearly listening to every episode because they write nice commentary about it and they tell you which bits of the podcast they like. And they'll do that week after week after week. And it's fabulous. And then they go completely quiet and you you don't hear from them again or maybe six months later. So my advice around that would be your audience is probably, well, in my case, it, it's in flux. Some people stick with it ad infinitum. Other people will come and they'll go and they'll discover a different podcast and that's that suits them better. So changing the format is probably not going to be too problematic, not as problematic as you think, because your audience are not sweating the detail in quite the same way that you are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, I mean, I think it's something that we all take really seriously is, you know, Oh, how is our audience going to, going to react or how is this going to kind of work with, with them and their expectations of the show and the message that we have going out and stuff like that. But like you mentioned, the audience is fluid. You, you certainly can and should get feedback. And I agree. A Facebook group is an amazing Avenue to do that. If you don't have a Facebook group or some kind of a community and kind of online or in person to, to kind of continue the discussion of your podcast. That's like maybe the best opportunity to really build that strong tribe around your show and your brand. Yeah. And it, it's so trivially easy to these days have it such that when you, when you post an article or a podcast episode or whatever it may be that you alert your, your Facebook group, you know, you can automate mm. that if you wish to do it. And I've automated it to a point. I write a field in the website, which will then go out to the uh, the Facebook group and the, the Twitter feed and what have you. So although the actual copying and pasting of that text is automated, the the, the writing of it is, is not. I have to fill out a, a separate field on the website. But, you know, the reason I'm saying that is 
the technology is available if you just become familiar with it to to mean that having a community like a Facebook group or a YouTube channel is very very straightforward and your content can be pushed with with almost zero friction mm, neat neat cool nathan so for folks who want to kind of catch up with you and learn more about kind of you and your show and follow along with what's going on in the wp builds world what is the the best place to connect Do you know it's fascinating i i'm i asked that question at the end of my podcast because it's just a lovely way of rounding it off isn't it and yet it just occurs to me that i have no idea <laughs> to answer it myself but the answer i guess i would give would be the the url is wpbuilds.com that's wpbuilds.com and the the twitter handle is at wpbuilds and you know the facebook group should you wish to to come you can go to wpbuilds.com forward slash facebook and uh join us but i would caveat that to some extent you know if you're not into facebook uh, sorry if you're not into to wordpress there's probably not a lot for you <laughs> sure sure awesome well nathan thanks so much for coming on the show today i really appreciate it it was wonderful no worries thanks for having me on craig Thank you for listening to another episode of Podcast Hackers. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This goes a long way towards helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters just like you. Until next time, happy podcasting.